Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Grant McGall, where we help you to build a five-star brand that people will follow. What pisses you off? What breaks your heart? What problem do you solve? These questions are asked by brand strategist Mike Kim. If you want to build your business and create your brand, are you doing it in the right order of sequence to have long-term success? Success is sequential. It is not simultaneous, says Kim. Are you building your personal brand identity based on your ideas, reputation, expertise, and your personality? Mike Kim is a brand strategist for business thought leaders coaches, and authors who want to create impact with their ideas and get their message heard. Mike's refreshing approach has made him a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant for top thought leaders. His clients include New York Times best-selling authors and experts featured on PBS, TED, CNN, and Fox. Mike is the author of the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller, You Are the Brand. He was featured and written for Inc. Incorporated, Entrepreneur, and the Huffington Post. He has spoken at industry-leading events, including Social Media Marketing World, Tribe Conference, and Podcast Movement. Let us welcome Mike Kim to the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Follow Brand Podcast. You know, this is your host, Grant McGall. And every now and then, I let people peep behind the curtain. They say, what makes Grant tick? What's behind the curtain? Well, the man behind my curtain, for a lot of my years, when I started looking at what is personal branding, what is that all about? Can you make a business out of this? When I was going back in October 2019, and Mike Kim came to the front of my feet. I said, oh, Mike Kim, who's Mike Kim? I see this brand new podcast. What's this all about? I don't know. But 
I'll give it a shot. You know, I push play and I'm starting to listen to this guy, you know, and I ended up after about 50 episodes, I said, you know, he, he might actually know what he's talking about. He's, he's actually very, very good. I encourage everyone right from the top of the show. If you are looking to build a business, you're starting to be, you want to know how to be an entrepreneur. You're a small business owner. You may not be the best at marketing. You need to understand some of the tenets of marketing and need to really get your foundation, get your feet wet. I encourage you to step all the way back. He's at episode 360 now. Step all the way back to episode one and kind of step through these things. You will learn, as I did, the mastery that Mike Kim had. So I'd like to introduce you to Mike Kim. Mike Kim, you want to take the mic? Oh, great. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for those kind words. And for everyone who's tuning in today, I hope to be of some value. All right. You are, well, you're valuable to me. We're going to spread the wealth, right? We're going to spread some wealth. We're going to spread some love. I know, I believe you're in New York right now. I know you, you travel a lot. You get around. You move things around. But I want to start off like this. This is really where the crutch meets the road. And I think you did it eloquently, meaning you were working. You had a job. But you wanted to make a transition to become an entrepreneur. What was the spark that got you going? And then when did you feel that you started to have the confidence that you knew this could be a, a viable business for you? Yeah, really, the spark uh, hit me. I was the CMO of a company, Grant, and it was here in the New York, New Jersey area. And it actually happened Thanksgiving. Now, this is a, this is a long time ago now, um, but I remember it was like, the first time I was hosting Thanksgiving, I think the year was 2013. Okay. And my mom and my sister came over my place and we had Thanksgiving together. It was awesome. Like we stayed up all night, we hung out. And late in the evening, I get an email from my boss. I was working as a CMO for this company. We need you to come in tomorrow. Now that's Black Friday here in the United States. Nobody like the only people who work on Black Friday usually are in retail because everyone goes shopping, right? And um, I had stayed up all night hanging out with my mom. She gave me these, like, just shared some crazy stories about us growing up. And I was like, this is one of the most fun nights I've ever had. And she and I, you know what happens when you grow up, like you go get a job and you don't really see your parents very much anymore. And sure. so this was like incredible. And then... I had to leave my family at my own house so I could go to work the next day. And that really, like, this, this is one of the frameworks that I teach. It really pissed me off, to be honest. It really takes me off, right? And, and part of the framework that I used to ask people, uh, I asked them three questions. And the answers can often serve as sort of a catalyst as to why you're doing what you do. And those questions are, what pisses you off? What breaks your heart? And what's the big problem you're trying to solve? I didn't know the answer to the other two questions, but the first question I definitely knew the answer to, like, this ticks me off. Like, what, what if I get in a car accident and I never had these nights with her again? What if my mom, you know, God forbid, something happens to her. What if we never have any one of these nights again and I literally left my family because I'd be able to work? That was really the inception of me thinking about taking control of my life. I, I started to realize that no one was going to tell me to live a better life mm -hmm. or help me do it right now. I, I've noticed that no one ever says no on your behalf. They always want more. They always want more from you. They always want to squeeze more juice out of the orange. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. And so that for me was the catalyst. So it came in stages. I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that time. Frankly, I didn't know what was possible at the time. I didn't really know that there were marketing consultants. I didn't know that there were brand strategists who weren't working for big agencies and companies. So I didn't really know what was possible. But I was experiencing a present negative, trying to move to a future positive, even though I didn't know what it was. Yes. And that kind of got the wheels turning. I started looking up different podcasts. I started Googling things, trying to learn. Um, much like you know, you you shared uh, just a few minutes ago with everybody here about how you and I met, at least online through my content. And so I was just like looking for answers. And it began this slow journey. But in retrospect, it happened pretty quickly. Well, and I, I think you had, to, for me, as an outsider looking at you, we spoke about this even earlier, like sometimes you don't hear from the people that are listening to your content. And it's always good to get that feedback. So I'm going to give you some feedback that I got from listening to your podcast. Number one, I got some confidence. I got some great, I said, yeah, I hear what he's saying. I think I can apply some of these principles. They're not that complicated if I put in the work. If I put in the work, I will step through these things. Now, I've been doing my business for, I'm going to say I literally incorporated in 2020. So this will be, I can't believe it. It's been three years, right? And I guarantee you, now you have an eight-step process. I took my time because I'm still working. I still have my, my 95. I still do those things because I'm taking my time to build my foundation. I believe I'm now at step five of your model, your step five and step six. And I want you to un I want you to tell the audience first, you know, walk them through those first four steps and the importance of them and why that's so important to have that down before you get to that five and six. Yeah. Well, the way that I look at it is that um, a lot of people kind of have an idea of what they're supposed to do. And they, they kind of like throw things against the wall. And a lot of times we do them out of order. Mm -hmm. I tell people like these steps are sort of like digits in a phone number. You can have the right numbers, but if they don't go in the right order, you're not going to be dialed in. Right. You're not really focused. Right. You, you end up like calling the wrong person. Right. And people get frustrated. Um, but what we have to understand is that success is sequential. It's not simultaneous. You got to build, like you're saying, the foundation first, right? And so where I really start with people who want to build a business around their personal brand, what I mean by a personal brand is an identity that's based on your ideas, your expertise, your reputation, and your personality. That matters, right? So when we think about the fact that it's not just what you know, but how you do it and how you convey your ideas and communicate your ideas. Um, it's first very important step one to have a point of view. You've got to, you got to have some sort of values. You've got to have some sort of beliefs. You got, there has to be some tenets that you could, you know, drive into the ground as a stake and say, this is where I'm hanging my hat. Right. And then once you have a point of view, you can share personal stories. That's step number two. We need to know who you are. We need to know why you do it, right? Um, yep. Every superhero, supervillain, every big influencer that we follow online, we, most of us know their stories. We all know that Batman's parents were killed. 
Okay, we all know that Tony Robbins grew up very, very poor. You know, these origin stories, these personal stories, like where did you come from? How did you do it? So that's got to be, um, that's integral to you building a business around your personal brand. So you got a point of view, you got personal stories, you got a platform. We've got to share these stories somewhere, whether it's a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, Instagram, or other social media channels. And I meet so many, or a website. I meet so many people who say, help me build a website. I'm like, okay, but do you even know what you want to say? And they don't. See, it's out of order. They don't have a point of view and they don't know how to tell their personal stories. Right? Um, So after you have an idea of what platform you're going to use, you need to understand your position. And the positioning is really where you stand in relation to your competition. There are a lot of other options out there for people, you know, to kind of uh, run with. There are a lot of other people who teach what I teach. And so understanding what your positioning is, are you Louis Vuitton or are you Walmart? Are you going to go to a specialized market or are you going to go to the mass market? And if you are over, you and I were opening a pizza shop, Grant, we went to the bank and asked for a business loan. We'd have to tell them these things. And right. that's where a lot of people get in trouble because the barrier of entry is so low. We think, well, I'm going to just start a podcast or a YouTube channel and I'll figure it out along the way. And then they get, you know, put in hundreds of hours into something, invest a ton of money, and they don't have traction because they can't answer those four simple questions. You asked me to start with this first four. They don't know. They don't know what their point of view is. If they have one, they're scared to share it. They don't want to share their personal stories. They just want to share what they know. Um, newsflash: Information isn't exclusive anymore. It's all over the internet, right? So, but you are exclusive. Your personal brand is. Um, and then they don't really know what platform to use, mm-hmm. and they don't know where they sit relative to the competition. How are you supposed to build a business off of that, right? So. I start with those four steps and then we get into the products, you know, which you're at, um, the pricing, the pitch, the partners, um, and all of that is in the book, but that's real. like those first three to four steps are really, really integral. Huh. That's why they come first. They're, they're critical. They're critical, uh, because that is that you're, be, you're beginning to build the invisible to become visible. So I would call it. Mm-hmm. And so when you start becoming visible, you've got to be ready. So if someone does like what you have, you know, then there's a mechanism for them to acquire it, right? And you've got to have all that put together uh, uh, very good. There's another thing that I really, really liked that you you stated, and I can't remember where where it's at in the book, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Like you've got to understand, like 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 yourself, I'm talking to an individual who's been podcasting probably almost since podcasting started, really becoming. And it popular, right? You started, you know, eight, eight, eight plus years ago. You've been down this road. I've been podcasting close to two years now. Uh, and and so when I see you, I want to say, hey, when you have someone that you can see that's down that road that you want to then traverse, it is so cool that they're sharing some information along the way because it collapses your window of time. So you don't have to make some of these other mistakes like or it validates 
where you are in your journey. Like, oh yeah, I, I can check that box. That's he's saying that's what he's got to do. I love, you know, even your your zodiac world, what you talked about, like how to roll out things, you know, uh systematically so you're not just all over the place. So you yeah. do have a framework which which to operate. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, uh years ago I I moved back into the area where I went to college and I revisited this uh, Chinese restaurant that I loved when I was in school and it was called noodle gourmets in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And, um, I'm not Chinese, so I don't really understand the Chinese Zodiac, but I saw a couple of calendars that they had in the restaurant and it just kind of hit me, you know, you're the horse, you're the tiger, you're the whatever. Right. And that's how the Chinese Zodiac works. And I was like, you know what, that's a lot like business, especially in this space. When I started in 2013, I was still side hustling I was working my full-time marketing job, side hustling, trying to get copywriting clients, trying to do some, some other stuff. And I said to myself, you know what? I've got a good job. I've got to figure out how to build this business in the margins of the time that I'm committed to at my job. Mm, yeah. And I said, hell or high water, this is the year of the blog. I'm going to blog every Monday. I'm going to publish a blog post every Monday. It doesn't matter who reads it right now. I just have to publish because it had to become habitual to me. I had to learn the skill set. I had to, um, I had to do the reps just like you do in any kind of, you know, sport or activity where you're trying to master. Mm -hmm. Right. And in many ways, I want everyone to understand this consistency is greater than intensity. I got people who, okay, I, I wrote 10 blog posts. Yeah, but they're not consistent. You're not doing it over the course of a year. You're not doing it across two years. And so in 2013, I made sure that that was what I published. Like that was priority number one. In 2014, you may mention this, I started podcasting. <laughs> well, guess what? It was way easier to podcast because I've been blogging for a year. There were times where I just took blog posts that I wrote the previous year that people responded really well to. And I created a podcast episode out of it. I knew how to write the headlines for the podcast episodes because I'd been blogging. I already had an audience from blogging that moved over to my podcast. And so everything actually become, became exponential. Yeah. It stacked one on top of the other. Um, 2015 for me was really the year of launching uh, the product right? The product launch, right? And the mastermind. And I had meet so many people who try to fill a coaching group or a mastermind group. I sold it out in three weeks. Yeah. Well, the reason was I had an audience that I had earned for two, from two years of blogging and one year of podcasting. So there I was in year three. I went full-time that year. I made the leap from my very lucrative C-suite marketing job into making even more money when I started my business. And I sort of just play the long game. And now when I teach some of this stuff to my clients, my coaching peers, my mastermind members, I just ask them very frankly, are you playing like the one-year game or are you playing the many decades game? Because mm. if you play the many decades game, if you play the long game and you're patient and you get really good at what you're doing and you keep learning, you stay hungry, it will work out. Too many people just jump to things out of order. And it's just like the phone number analogy I used before. They're not dialed in. 
No, you, you, and I, I am a living testimony to that. You just said something that just, you know, my, my light went on. You said year three. Well, guess what? I'm in year three. This is yeah, good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is good. This is good. But I, I like the consistency with my podcast. Now, how I built my audience, I have been building an audience through my sales role in healthcare and technology. I built it up. I use my platform of choice is LinkedIn. So I built it up, I built it up, and I found that this was a, an enormous resource. It became my CRM. I said, this is great. Were you doing sales like I have? When I remember when you had to do snail mail, you're, you're sending out you know envelopes to, to, to people, right? You had to pick up the phone, you're just dialing for dollars, right? Right. And then all of a sudden the email came like, well, I could blast emails. But you know what? Like you said earlier, people. They've got all, all those defenses are down. No one picks up a call, especially in the business anymore. If they don't recognize mm-hmm. the number, you're going to voicemail. Who's going to check all their voicemails? Maybe they, maybe not. Their email is the same thing. Like they got so many, you know, how do you know if you end up in the junk file or the spam file or whatever it might be? If they know you, guess what? You come out of that box and they begin to actually read your content, but they've got to know who you are. So I had built an audience already in LinkedIn to, you know, about, I don't know, 10, 15,000 people that I already had. I had, and, and they were curated, meaning they were people in healthcare, people in IT. I said, wow, I've already got what a lot of people are looking to gain through their legion, right? They're trying to get emails and build up an email uh, a log of, of different people that they can then send out content to and then build a business. So I already had it. I just didn't have the framework to how do I then, you know, make this an actionable business on top of that. So I needed, I needed a Mike Kim to help me to then take what I already have and engineer it, you know, to, to be effective. And so when I started the podcast, I remember this, I, I said, all right, Mike Kim, I, I listen to my, I see how he's doing his podcast. So I'm going to do it. So I did like two episodes. I did a monologue. They were horrible. They were they were terrible. I was I was not a Mike Kim. I'm like, ah, I'm I'm not Mike Kim out here. I, I'm going to have to change up a little bit, you know. So I started bringing in guests, and then I started getting better and better. Then I started. I got a a designer to help me then do my cover art. So my uniqueness is that each one of my episodes has a different cover art, and people really started like that. And in my world because I'm launching it on a LinkedIn platform, there wasn't a lot of podcasters. So I had a unique audience and they started to really tune in and start bringing on some guests and it it grew and it became an effective tool for me. What I want to ask you this is that now you've you've blogged, now you've done the podcast, you've even done the book, you've got the mastermind. You talked about recently about video and YouTube. Why did you wait so long to do YouTube and what are you looking to get out of it? Yeah, I put off YouTube for a while because um I just I didn't I I was focused on what was working. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have an exposure problem. I had really good relationships in the industry. And so I think that's where you have to understand like where your people are hanging out. You just gave a brilliant example about what's working for you. I don't have a really strong presence on LinkedIn. My audience and my past audience, my current audience, they're not super active on LinkedIn. Where they were active were on Facebook and Instagram. 
And so I concentrate, I put in money to run ads on those platforms. I found other friends who were building communities on those platforms. And that's what worked for me. Um, now what I'm seeing, it's not that like, I feel my business is behind because of YouTube or the lack of YouTube presence. I just see where the trends are going. Mm. I think regular TV is going to die a very, very slow and painful death. Um, I don't have cable TV. I have YouTube TV, which is essentially cable TV. And the only thing I watch on it are sports, everything else. And only in the playoffs, <laughs> everything else. I watch highlights of football and basketball on Instagram. And yeah. so what's happening is the way people are behaving is completely changing. So not only is my audience shifting to more short form video and I have to be present there, the entire world is doing that. True. True. You know, I, there I, NBA games are on. I don't watch the entire game. I, I go do something else and watch the highlights that are posted on Instagram, literally as the game is being played. Right. Right. So you think about that and where people are spending their time, it's on short form video. And so now I'm like, okay, well, let's get on there. But the awesome thing is it's going to come rather easy for me because I have eight years of podcasting experience. I have been a speaker. I have a ton of content from of videos where I've spoken to other people's conferences or my own that we can cut into video. So you see everything is stacking, but I also want to be intentional about where people are going and where they already are. Uh-huh. And I think that all of us have to be aware of that, cognizant of that. Um, my audience is not on Pinterest, or at least my ideal clients are not on Pinterest. But for many of my clients, they are. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to find what makes sense for you. And then if you need to learn the skills requisite for that platform, then buckle up and learn. Just like you learn podcasting, just like I learned podcasting. I think that there are seasons in our careers and in our development where we have to learn a very critical skill. Yeah. And without learning that critical skill, you do not go to the next level. You may even go down a level because everyone else is moving up. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like 2013, I had to blog. That was innovative at the time. 2014 podcasting, like you said, I was in a little bit early. Um, oddly enough, I thought I was late. Mm-hmm. That Interesting, right? And so, but I did it. I had to learn that skill. I sat there and recorded episodes and they stunk. And I was like, let me re-record that. I've worked on it for hours. Now, all these years later, I could just one shot an episode. Yeah. No read, right? And so you're acquiring these skills. But now it's like, for me, at least, I'm like, okay, it's time to grow again. I got to add another thing to my... So maybe 2023 is the year of the YouTube for me. Maybe that's what it is, right? So... Um, I think we, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cliche, but grow or die. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement in operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, 
better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. Well, let me ask you this, because I've got a live TV show that I do on actually Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And I do it over uh, StreamYard. And it goes out to over 200 countries on a lot of different platforms. I'm not aware of all of them, but it does repurpose onto my own YouTube. And it's been effective uh, for me because I'm able to now almost, I call it almost double dip. And I still have my podcast and I'm still podcasting, but because I, I record these over Zoom, I can then repurpose them over YouTube and I can record them over YouTube Live. And there's other ways to now even build live community over it, like a live uh, Zoom type thing. They've got this now functionality. My question is this, because I haven't got to this phase yet. Have you found that it, it's been very lucrative for you to then build mastermind groups? And those mastermind groups are obviously beneficial from thought leadership as well from a, uh, a, a commercialization standpoint. Yeah, for me, mastermind groups work great. I love mastermind groups. I love running mastermind groups. Um, one of the things that really helped give me a lot of clarity, and I teach this to all the people I coach, if you just take a simple sheet of paper and draw four boxes, right, four quadrants, on the upper left, quadrant one, you just write down what you love doing and you are amazing at, what you're great at, right? Next quadrant over, upper right, things that you're good at and that you like doing. Lower left corner, things you don't like doing and you're not good at. And the lower right corner, quadrant four, things you hate doing and you suck at. (laughs) And if you just fill in those quadrants, it will be very, very illuminating to you. For example, when I look at quadrant one, I love doing and I think I'm amazing at running mastermind groups. Uh I think I'm great at and love doing workshops. And I think I'm great at and love connecting with other entrepreneurs, like relationally. That's why I have so many friends and colleagues in the industry. That's what I'm great at. Now, if you move over, this may surprise some people and always surprises my audience when they hear it for the first time. Things I'm good at and like doing, speaking. Mm, okay. Copywriting. Yeah. I am not a full-time speaker. I'm not a full-time copywriter. Right? now. If I focus and and build my business around the things in quadrant two, speaking and copywriting, I'm going to be miserable. Eventually, I'm going to be miserable. So the name of the game to me is to try to figure out how to use speaking and copywriting to do more of quadrant one. Yeah. So if I take an invitation to come onto someone's podcast or go speak at their conference, that may well end up in some of the people in that audience coming to join a mastermind with me or working with me in a workshop. It doesn't mean I cut off everything else, but I know what the North Star is for me because of quadrant one. In quadrant three, things I don't like doing and I'm not really great at, Instagram, social media. I don't I don't want to run my own social media, right? It's like stuff like that, right? Um, Facebook groups. I know people rave about Facebook groups and they work wonderful for certain people. For me, I hate them. I don't like doing them, right? And then things I'm terrible at and hate doing, budgets, taxes, 
admin work, anything organizational. But my integrator, Chelsea Brinkley, that's quadrant one for her. <clears throat> that's why we work. Right. So if you just, you just jot that down, right? Like even podcasting would be in quadrant two for me. I think I'm good at it and I like doing it. Very rarely do I tell anyone that I'm a full time podcaster. Oh. That is actually not how I make the revenue in my business directly. But there are other people who do that. Joe Rogan, right? The Joe Rogans of the world, the John Lee Dumases, who's a friend of mine. That's all they do. And they love it. And they're, they've got millions of listeners and they sell ads on their podcast that's their monetization strategy mm. me it's I'm, I'm a different animal and that's okay so that's where we've got to understand not just from a branding and messaging standpoint but the operation of your business what is in alignment with you mm -hmm. figure out what that is figure out how to make that work for you so that it is the truest um, expression of who you are so when I have Matt, I run four mastermind calls uh, every other week. I ran two of them today, two yesterday, two today. I leave those calls energized, not drained. No, and so yeah, you, so you understand where your where mm -hmm. you know, where your light shines at, and how to utilize your platforms to get to your north star, like how you said north star. I love that, and that's what I'm doing. I have the podcast. I don't use it for monetization of itself. It's an enablement tool. It enables me to get in front of the right people. And it opens doors um, to where they would normally be close. For instance, I was on a, a another a company's podcast earlier today. Large corporation. They wanted to sit down and have a conversation with me. And because I had a podcast, they felt I would be a good guest. That really expands my own brand, spreads my credibility, and it gets me now to where I, where I want to be at, which I think my I'm really good at, and people know that uh, they that they come to me and, and talk to me about that. How do you do so well social selling on LinkedIn? So I developed a course to show people how to do that from my lens and how to not just and to set up the different profiles and the different tools that are there, but how to actually have genuine conversation and begin to bring people off platform to talk with you and then back on platform and kind of have them work simultaneously. So that's that that's my next, that's my five step, right? My five and six where I'm at. I do have some great relationships from you know, a, a relationship standpoint, that's step eight, which I, I love how you said, and I can't remember what the podcast was, but you said that elevated you when you, you know, you looked at this organization, they did not have uh, your particular skill set in their portfolio. So you were doing podcasts and they brought you in and that elevated your game. Talk to us a little bit about partnerships from your lens. Yeah, sure. Um, so the way I look at partnerships spatially is you partner up, you collaborate across, and then you mentor around mm -hmm. yourself, right? So when I look at a partner up, that's a situation where I have more to gain than they do. So I've got to come in and humble myself. I've got to bring something, even though it's not as much as they've got, something unique and valuable to the table so that we'll work together. 
When I look at a collaborate across, I look at a lot of my colleagues, my peers, my friends. Some of us are a little further along than others, but we're generally still in the same league. You know, you might be a terrible NBA team, but you're still one of the, you know, 200 best basketball players on the planet, right? You're in the same league, okay? Um, And those are people I'm friends with. We do events together. We speak at each each other's events. My friends came through when I had my book launch going, and that's what drove it to a bestseller status. I mean, and you've got to build relationships like that. And the way you do that is by making sure your friends understand what you do. Mm-hmm. Your friends understand your value as well, right? And then you've got the communities that you're coaching and mentoring. They're me- you're mentoring around them, right? And so when I look at finding partners, I'm trying to figure out, are they a, collab- are, are they a partner up or are they a collaborate across? Right? And um, the easiest analogy I can give, Grant, is... Be the jelly to someone's peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. I know there are some weird people out there who only put peanut butter on their sandwiches. I think that's weird. It's way better, in my opinion, with some jelly on it. What you don't want to do is heat more peanut butter. So case in point, a couple of years ago, I had a friend, um, a mentor-ish uh, in, the, in the early years, and he was teaching copywriting, like writing marketing material. And that's what I do. I do that pretty well as well. And he asked me to promote his products. Well, sure. But if I just told my audience, if you buy this guy's course, I'm going to give you more copywriting stuff. Not going to work. It's not appealing. It's just more peanut butter on top of the peanut butter. But I said, I will teach you how to build a personal brand as a copywriter so that you can get clients and you can get speaking engagements. That was jelly to the peanut butter. And so when you look at potential partners, whether it's a a partner up or collaborate across, Figure out how to angle, how to position yourself, right? Relative to the rest of the competition, how you can bring in something that just makes the flavor pop, to use the food (laughs) analogy, that just gives it that extra richness, that gives it that extra appeal, right? And just be the jelly to someone's peanut butter. That's really the way that I look at it. And if you look at it that way, you're going to get creative. You're going to get some ideas that pop in your, okay, what do they really want? They want more sales. They want more exposure. How can I help them do that in a unique way? Mm-hmm. That's how I find partners. I got one more question. I got to ask you this, because this is beautiful. I love this conversation that we're having. I reached out, I saw you on LinkedIn. I said, oh, Mike Kim's on LinkedIn. All right. Let me see if he'll connect with me. Right. So I, I sent you a connection uh, request. You accept it. I mean, great. He accepted. All right. I'm not going to just, you know, I, I think this is a class one mistake that a lot of people do. They just send some ridiculous pitch to, to someone that they just like, I don't even know who you are or what you represent. And you just immediately, you know, spam me with this, with this message. I totally tell people don't try not to do that. It's really annoying. So I let that, you know, percolate for a little bit. Hopefully you were seeing some of the things that I was doing. And then I was, beginning to put together a podcast series on brand masters, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to craft the message and I'm going to send it to Mike Kim. I'm going to let him know, Mike, I'm doing this brand master series. I think you will be a good uh, guest for the show. Here's some other people that I've been interviewing. And I sent you a clip of what the show would look like. And I said, let me know if you'd like to be a guest. And I went, poop. You know, 
and I don't know how long it took. And then you responded back like, hey, Grant, yeah, that sounds great. You know, I'm um, taking some time off, but I'm busy right now. But, you know, stay after me. I like to do something with you. And then I was patient, right? Because I respected what you said. And then I came back and I think, I don't know, it was late December or January. We said, hey, let's go ahead and hook this up. And now we are here now. My question is this. Why did you want to be a guest on the show? You know, it's, I'm, as you were sharing this, I went and pulled up our chat. Right. And uh, first of all, in all, you know, in total transparency, I'm not very active on LinkedIn, like I said before, um, but I'm trying to be. I, I like, I, I hate Facebook. Right. It just drives me nuts. And I've actually started to move some of my communities into LinkedIn groups instead of Facebook groups. Mm. So by virtue of that, I feel like I should be a little bit, I, well, by virtue of that, I'm in LinkedIn a little bit more. Right. And you had, first pinged me in early October. So we're recording this in January. So this is like three, four months ago, right? Yeah. And then I responded the next day. Um, and I asked what you're working on these days. And you mentioned your podcast. And then you put a clip immediately to a video. I didn't watch the video, but the thumbnail popped up. And I can tell you probably exactly what I was thinking at the time. Oh, this guy's got his act together. Hmm. he's well-dressed he's on set he's got a youtube video he's not joking around and it doesn't like and here's another thing i would say i don't really care about the size of someone's current audience as long as they've got their act together because you never know who's going to blow up Mm -hmm. so i know there are many stories of now very well-known podcasters Joe Rogan started episode one at some point in his life. And I bet you there were people like, what's this idiot doing? He's just the TV host for Fear Factor. He's not going to amount to anything. Imagine you were on Joe Rogan's first 10 episodes. And now his podcast is... There are people, and you know this, Grant, they go way back and listen to every episode you've ever published. Yeah. My most downloaded episodes are my early ones. So I never despise the day of small beginnings, if you will. Right. It's a Bible term. Right. And so I just, but I just looked at the thumbnail, good lighting. You were well-dressed, very professional and said, I didn't even click on it. I, I wrote you back a minute later. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, do you have a schedule or I have an event? And that was when I was running my live mastermind conference. And then, you know, events like burned out. Right. Um, and I didn't book. And then you pinged me like a month and a half later. When can we schedule? I didn't answer. We were in Thanksgiving. And actually, a week later, I started taking like six weeks off. Yeah. So then I dove in. Um, now, when I wrote you back December 3rd, I was actually technically on vacation. Uh-huh. So I, but I was like, okay, maybe I should just check my LinkedIn real quick in case I miss anything important. And I saw your message and then I, I, I booked on your schedule. And that was also really important. Like you made it easy for me. We didn't have to exchange, Hey, what days and times are you available? You had a scheduler. It was so easy for me to book at my own convenience. I went into LinkedIn, probably booked it right away and then went back on being on vacation. Yeah. And I scheduled it for a time that I knew I would be back. And this is my first week back at work. So it's all of that. And I think people don't realize that these decisions are made in microseconds. 
Oh, I see him. He's well-dressed. I like how he's presented. Okay, he's got a TV set behind him. That's really good. He must know what he's doing. He said he's, he's you know, X number of episodes in. Okay, that means he's been doing it for a while. Wonderful. I'm in. Let me go. Let me go book. And you had the system to book. It didn't ask me 47 questions. It was just super simple. And then boom, here we are. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of that where it's like a pro recognizes a pro. And I think that's what most people don't understand. Like, you know, a pro recognizes a pro. And it doesn't matter whether you're a rookie in the league or you're, you know, how many years has LeBron James been in the league, right? It doesn't matter. You're still in the same league. And so that's enough to sniff that out. You, people can sniff that out. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important. That turns out you're 80 some odd episodes in. Okay, no wonder. Yeah. He's got his stuff together, right? And so all of that, I mean, we can parse it down even, but all of that is why somebody would say yes. Well, I thank you for thinking. Yeah. Mike, this has been wonderful. It's a gift. It's a gift to our audience so they can get real time and understand what process and progress looks like you you know you put in the work obviously you've got to work on your game you've got to put in the work and you've got to show up and when you show up you know opportunity will come because you're prepared they call that getting lucky right you're prepared (laughs) you know you're ready to go but i I truly I, i encourage the entire audience listen to mike kim's podcast you will number one feel good i every time i turn on mike kim and i and i listen I feel good. It's always enlightening, but really the voice is just a good voice. I remember just driving across Alligator Alley down here in South Florida, right? You got an hour of windshield time. Like what else better to do? Let's listen to Mike Kim, right? So I put it on and, you know, he, in, you know, by the time it's done, you, you know, you just feel good. And then you're already at your destination. I think if your destination is to grow your business and to do it professionally and to have it stand out, you want to tune in to Mike Kim. This has been wonderful. So if the audience does need to get in touch with you, Mike, what, what is the best way? Well, here, I'll put myself out on LinkedIn, DM me. <laughs> um, I'm also active on Instagram. So those are the two social networks I, I check the most, LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, and I, I look at the DMs. Like It might take me a little while to get to them, but I always look at them. But my assistants don't help me with that stuff. So um, that's great. You mentioned the podcast called You Are the Brand. We changed the name after my book came out, but it's still the same feed. So you just put my name into search. Uh, I'll pop up. And if you're a podcast listener, just give me a shot as well. You know, most people listen to about five or seven podcasts monthly. That's on average. That's what the stats say. Uh, so uh, continue listening to grants, of course, but give me a shot. Let me know if I could be one of your seven. And uh, if you've got anything you feel I can help you with, pick up the book. You are the brand that's available everywhere. Or just tune into the podcast. And that is now a Wall Street bestseller? Yeah, Wall Street Journal. We hit two bestsellers, uh, Wall Street Journal and USA Today. Congratulations. Now, we got a third book, a second book coming out? I mean, what's on there? Yeah, I'm working on it. It'll take a little while, but yeah. It feels like I just wrote this one. So <laughs> I know you made it. Yeah, the world moves really. fast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but you built the you you already built the 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 uh, momentum to where when the book came out, it just helped you to blossom anymore. So congratulations on everything Thank that you. you're doing. Thank you, Grant. It's an honor to be here, and for all you tuning in, I hope that this was valuable and insightful. And uh, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't give up.
Hey, keep going and tune in to all the episodes of the Follow the Brand. You can tune in at www.5starbdm. And that is B for Brand, B for Development, and for Masters.com. Until next time, take care, Mike.